0: It's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes, and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Listeners, I have Sarah Archer, a career coach, about to give you some gems of wisdom on all sorts of things. Let me give you some examples of what she's going to talk about because I don't want you to turn off thinking, oh, well, I'm not looking for a change in career, so this is of no interest to me. Rubbish! Because as in all these episodes, we're going to cover things that apply generally to you as an individual, as a human, and as someone in business. So we're going to be talking about things like Self-direction, spotting opportunities, having a plan, training your brain, confidence, strengths, optimism, resilience. Anyway, I'm going to not say another word, but
1: hopefully that's got you listening. So, hello, Sarah. Hello, Tricia. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here to talk about all those things. You have to stop me because I get so passionate about these topics. Well, that's,
0: yeah. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. You, your passion shows through. And uh listeners, we're doing this sort of in a heat wave. Uh <laughs> and Sarah is in London. So I've been complaining in Bournemouth, but boy, oh boy. Um so we both said that if our brains literally melt halfway through this, you'll you'll understand why. Um but no, we're gonna keep cool and carry on. Uh so yeah, you're in London now. Is have you is that your place of
1: Origin? <laughs> no, actually, I grew up in Nottinghamshire, so in the Midlands. But uh, I was kind of desperate to leave that sort of small town mentality. Uh, and the job I took initially was a, a management training scheme, and that took me all around the country. So I then worked in lots of different places because they moved you on to get different experiences. Ended up in London, thinking I'll only stay for two years, and now twenty plus years, I'm still here yes yes
0: because a lot of people do the as i did the sort of seven year kind of thing when they're younger but yeah i guess if it just if it grabs you and life takes you in whatever direction you've been taken in so how did this direction happen so you obviously at a certain stage set up uh, as your own business as a coach but what led you to that yeah
1: good question well I was in HR, so I joined this management training scheme with Mark Spencers, focusing in HR. And then I kind of, after about five years, thought I wanted to do something different. So I moved into IT, still in HR, telecoms, still in HR. And then in my mid-20s, I just thought, I want a break, I want to travel. So I took off around the world with a friend, as you do, for a year and a half. Had some amazing experiences. And I think got really in touch with my values while I was away. So, because we, we traveled through so many different countries Lots of developing countries, and I kind of wanted them to come back and make a difference and do something positive with my life rather than contribute to the corporate world, if you like. Um, so then I sort of pivoted into the voluntary sector. So I took a sideways move in the Red to join the Red Cross, and then I got my dream job, which I'd always wanted to, which was working for Amnesty International. And that was just fantastic. So I set up the HR function for Amnesty International UK, the UK section, and had an amazing time there. Stayed for about five years and then joined a literacy charity helping children um, who'd fallen behind with their reading as the HR director. Um, And kind of loved that too, being part of the senior team, being kind of a leader, being part of that whole strategy piece. I was beginning to feel like I didn't want to do HR anymore. I've been doing it for 20 years. I just kind of lost that mm, passion for it really. But like a lot of my clients, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Um, And then happened to see an advert for a career coach working for a social enterprise, helping women return to work after having kids. It was 15 minutes from my house. My daughter had just started school. I wanted to kind of be more local so I could do pick up and help offs got the job and I thought "Mm, I'll do career coaching for a couple of years it'll take me somewhere else and once I started I just absolutely fell in love with it and I just knew this is what I was born to do I had one of those kind of epiphany moments where I was like oh my god I found my thing Uh, and I just absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah I love that epiphany moment can I just say I'm very impressed by that (laughs) honestly if someone asked me the same question it would not be as structured as that I mean that actually sounds sensible I mean it actually (laughs) sounds I love, the way, I love the way that you found your values in your twenties, and I'm just thinking, what did I find in my twenties? Off from some very weird blokes, um, but anyway, well, I, I did find a lot of other things too, Trisha. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's true that you have said this in a in a beautifully organised way. Of course, you haven't given me the entire story. That's very true. Good point Sarah Um, but I love that yeah I love that James so the um and the voluntary stuff you did are fascinating and so you know uh, uh, coaches help I mean that's what we do basically we help and as somebody said to me recently um which is quite a nice word as well empower um which yeah it's kind of goes a bit further than the help word I think so so let's let's delve down into what you do actually empower people to be do think and all the rest of it we you, you've highlighted a couple of um, things that we can delve into. And this first one I love. This is about taking control. And th- this is quite close to a story that I often tell about when I was, um, as an actor, when I had first uh, sort of, I got my equity, no, I, it was before I got my equity card. And I was sort of doing this and that auditions horrendous you know you're waiting for the for the call back and we're going back a bit now and you feel you know really low when you don't get it and off you go and And I suddenly thought what am I doing why don't I create something myself which is when I started creating one person plays and devising them producing them you know working with directors and then touring them and so this is a to me I that was an epiphany moment I thought I don't have to wait for things to happen to me and this is this is part of what you mean when you say career activism isn't it, it go on bring,
1: bring yeah, this down for us. I mean I love career. I don't know whether it's come from um, you know my years working with campaigners at Amnesty but you know I love the concept of career activism of taking control of your career and actively managing it because I think you know for so many years people kind of felt okay I'm on a track And I have to do things that are on that track and I take jobs because I should take them. Or they feel the organisation they're in should be developing their career for them. But actually, you know, Tricia, nobody's going to be interested in your career as much as you, you know. And you have the power to shape it and create like you did with your one person place, create what you want. So um, I do encourage my clients to, to have that kind of mindset about taking control of their career but also shaping their career success you know because I do feel you know society does tend to push us down the kind of career ladder route which is still really valid and really works for some people particularly if they're driven by achievement you know climbing the career ladder getting that kind of label of success of um, senior management or director or or whatever it is they feel is at the top of that ladder I think now there's also so many other ways you can define success for yourself because um, you know we can we can have up to however many careers we want in our lives you know we can we can take time out we can focus on the kind of creative elements if that's what our passion is we can create you know flexibility so we can actually build success in our private lives too so we can spend time with the people who are important to us we can decide, I only want to earn as much as, you know, so I can be a responsible consumer of the planet, you know, so we can take elements that mean success for us without having to feel that we have to conform to anybody else's definitions.
0: Yes,
1: yes. I'm. I am which, is empowering, which is empowering for people. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's this definition thing, which we have to really remind ourselves to sort of, fight off a little bit um not saying that all definitions are bad or as you say that there's anything wrong with going with that more um you know sort of standard version of a career ladder if it's it, the key is if it's right for you and yes. uh, that's obviously a bit of a passion point for me as well and also i like the fact you've pointed out that having multiple careers is not a sign of failure you know because I definitely I definitely have suffered with that you know that sort of sense of oh yeah but this person's oh she she went here and then she went there then she went to uni here then she did a master in that then she got a job in this oh that I mean that's proper isn't it that's proper and what did I do well I faffed around a bit with this and I did a bit of acting then I then I went off and was a secretary
1: and a thing and then uh, oh you know that yeah. so i'm not, I mean, I, you know i think that whole comparisonitis thing yes causes so many problems for people because if you ask that person that you're comparing yourself to they might say oh my god i so envy tricia because she has such freedom and she's had the opportunity to create things and i've been stuck in the straitjacket of shoulds and climbing the ladder because i felt i had to do that you know so we can't step in somebody else's shoes and really understand their lives all we can do is really think about what's important for us and and have a clear definition for ourselves so that we can make the right choices for us and how how do
0: we i mean obviously sometimes you just get these epiphany moments a bit like you did when you were travelling but if we we might not get an epiphany moment but we might just be feeling am i just being slightly dragged along and has every day just turned into a bit of a groundhog day and am i assuming that this is what i do whereas actually there might be something else i haven't even thought of how do you how do you start that thinking process
1: yeah i mean i think for some people it can be triggered by life events i mean certainly i've noticed with the pandemic and COVID. That has got people really thinking about what they want to do with their lives and why they're doing what they do. Um, But sometimes it can just be incremental, just thinking, God, I really can't do this anymore. And sometimes, you know, I think because there's so much more discussion about careers, people are thinking differently. They're, they're becoming to see that they can shape things for themselves, you know, so they can do it themselves. There's lots of resources out there to help them. Obviously having a coach to help them through that process is really useful. And I do a lot of that with my clients. Um, And I have this, you know, free career success challenge, which is coming up, which takes people through a kind of nice structure to help them really think about over five days, the important things. I kind of, I think the key to start with is thinking about your why, you know, because we get really comfortable with how we do what we do and what we do, but we don't often get back in touch with why we do, which kind of goes back to that kind of values piece. So really kind of understanding that sense of purpose. And it's often an area people find quite hard to articulate because that why is located in our limbic brain, which is kind of our emotional centre. And the emotional centre doesn't really have language that's elsewhere in the brain. So you might just get that sense of, well, I just feel it. I just kind of feel this is right. You can't always explain it. So just being able to kind of understand that a bit more, like why do I do what I do? What is important about it to me? What is that sense of purpose that I get from it? Um, why does it give me meaning? And it doesn't always have to be about some kind of big altruistic um, making a difference to the world. It can just be about that sense of growth, that sense of autonomy, um, that sense of flexibility and, and kind of learning that can give them meaning. If that's not there in your, in your job or your career, you're going to feel like something's missing.
0: Yeah, and I, I love that. It's, it's, it's Again, it's this making... What I, call it, I like being forensic with the emotional stuff because if <laughs> you just go for years i just went along with the emotional stuff i didn't i it was like a massive feeling of relief when i realized i i could actually be forensic with the emotional stuff without becoming um boring i know that might sound really silly but there was a part of me which was resisting it because i thought no no if i lose all this emotion and create i I won't be creative anymore i'll just be dull and
1: organized (laughs) And we do kind of need both don't we we need that kind of the data info side and we need the emotional creative side and sometimes we get we kind of get messages that one is more valuable than the other but actually they're both really important to us And, you know, being able to articulate your why, and I know this is something you do kind of in your storytelling, isn't it, your work, but being able to articulate your why in your career is so important, or your business is so important because that will connect you to your potential employer, to your potential client, to your manager, to your colleagues, to the clients you work with and serve, you know, so you've got to kind of really be able to kind of pull it out and think, okay, why am I doing what I do? What is it about it that's important to me? Yeah, um, the, the, I
0: love it. I, it I, I, I think I mentioned Daniel Kahneman uh, recently, the thinking fast and slow. Do you, do you know that? So you were talking about, you know, so you've got the emotional fast stuff here and then the, yeah. Yeah, no, so that's definitely. what we've got to get, that balance, haven't we? When it is, thinking.
1: and there is a structure to the process, I think, of pulling that out, because I think once you've got in touch with your why, then for, in terms of career activism, it's thinking about where do I want to be next? What's my ideal role? And your ideal role might be your next role, because you might be kind of relatively clear, or it might be something in the future that might look a bit different, uh, because then you can start to see the gaps. Because mm. yeah, as an activist, you've got to be able to manage those gaps. And it's the same in your business you know thinking about okay what are the gaps in terms of where I want to be up leveling in my business yes you know so it's then doing a bit more of the kind of forensic stuff on okay well if I want to if I want to do this in my career or my business in the future what's missing that I need to then be actively managing over the next six month year longer period Um, and also building in the kind of visibility piece because that is so important Uh, and lots of people really struggle with that visibility. I think you've got to have your own PR plan. Not only as a small business owner but in your career if you're an employed person you need to be actively managing your own PR internally and externally to the organisation. Uh, Yes and in fact that's become that's been
0: something that's been talked about more in recent years because of particularly maybe younger people with this social media element and how are they managing their PR um I don't know whether that applies to uh slightly older people um
1: or not does it yeah i suppose it does well, i think it does i mean i was talking about this with some clients recently actually in my group program because we were talking about you know your digital footprint and um you know you have one or you maybe don't have one and um if you don't have one that can be problematic too because if a potential employer is searching for you and you're not on LinkedIn you're not on Facebook, you haven't posted anything, anywhere, there might be some questions about how techy you are, you know, how comfortable you are with technology, Um, or why don't you have a presence, What are you hiding, maybe, you know, people make assumptions, and if there's nothing there, then they're going to assume certain things, you know, so I think even if it's just LinkedIn, which obviously is a great professional networking site, and it's a great way to get more comfortable with your own visibility and PR, And it kind of links into the other thing, which is part of this, is what's blocking you and what's getting in the way of you progressing. Because once you start to think about where you want to be, you might start getting that inner critic, that little voice going about why you can't achieve that or what might stop you from moving forward yeah yeah oh yeah, that whole God. mindset piece is another bit oh to get to yes we with. probably can't get to, we
0: you know i go on about quite a lot in that bill really, because i've been on the journey and um, so of most humans who are still growing which i think is the mm. uh, is the word there um and yeah this when you talk about your um career confidence you you've you split it into four elements which i really like um which I'll ask you to tell us in a minute there's there's one actually which is is quite which I've never really seen uh, okay strengths is one of them and I think people will have read things about strengths and it does seem to be quite an obvious thing to to start thinking about and looking at Um, I, I say obvious except that people don't do it but I mean once once you get somebody like you reminding us then yes definitely um, but there's a couple which are slightly, and resilience is another one which I think people realize, yeah we 've got to work at that. I love these though optimism
1: and hope. okay, let me tell you a bit about that because I did a master's in career coaching because I fell in love with coaching so much, I really wanted to kind of dive into it, and in my dissertation, I did my dissertation on career confidence before change, and i couldn't find any specific definitions of career confidence, and so um I kind of pulled elements together from more kind of confidence itself. But career confidence is different to social confidence. Some people can be really socially confident, but can feel unconfident in their careers or vice versa. Um, And so the elements I explored were these four elements that I felt made sense in terms of building and maintaining confidence. Um, So strengths is definitely kind of that, um, understanding your strengths, and knowing you can, and your skills really, and knowing you can do something. So that kind of self-efficacy piece, I've done it before, therefore I can do it again. That gives me confidence, Resilience is obviously kind of part of it because you have to be able to bounce back, you have to be able to learn from experiences and failure, and that contributes to your confidence and you can try new things. Even if you failed, you know you're not gonna die. You know, you can go on and do it. Um, and the hope piece, the hope is interesting because it's not kind of that blind hope or I hope things go well. It's about having a plan and a pathway to that plan that gives you hope. So I know my career is I'm hopeful about my career because I have a plan and I know where I'm heading with that plan. Mm. And then optimism is that it's not that kind of blind faith of thinking positively. It is about cultivating and developing a positive mindset because the positive psychology research shows us that if you are in a positive environment so thinking about who you hang out with, your working your physical space and um you are able to kind of think positively about things so even if they go wrong you can feel okay i've learned from it i'm gonna move on you don't dwell on it you don't ruminate and these things trish you know you know they're not overnight things we have to work on them constantly we have to develop them um you know all the time really it's work in progress but the research shows that contributes to you feeling confident you know it's not rocket science is it we kind of know that about ourselves if i'm feeling happy I know I'm going to feel more confidence about what I do and how I present myself and how I communicate um, absolutely I
0: but I but you know you say it's not rocket science and I often say this and but then I always follow up by saying but you know actually it's these little things that have huge mm. huge um, knock-on benefits when you when you actually stop for long enough to just look at those little things because they're
1: not little <laughs> yes you're right you're right and i do think you know confidence i do think of uh, it like a muscle you know that you have to keep working it out for it to support you and if you don't work it out then it gets flabby <laughs> like if mm-hmm. we don't go to the gym we lose our muscle tone and then we have to work extra hard to get it back
0: mm-hmm. so if
1: you work on your confidence every day if you do small things even just getting out of your comfort zone in a small supported way um with a bit of stretch, but not too much stress, then that can contribute to your com- your confidence on a daily basis. And those things are really easy to do because we get stuck in a rut, don't we? You know <laughs> We just do the same things over and over again, particularly now when we can't go out so much, we can't go to the office, we can't participate in meetings um, or client conversations in the same way. Um, so we can of I think people sometimes feel they've lost a bit of career confidence through the lockdown and the pandemic, because they haven't been stretched in the same way. Mm. There's been other challenges, obviously. I like, on. Yeah, yeah, I like that, a bit of stretch,
0: but not too much stress. I like that, yeah. that really appeals to me. And it, well, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's quite interesting actually, because you're talking about routines and, and being out of the office. My husband would normally have been in an office environment. He's been working from home since the beginning of lockdown um, and he instigated um, a sort of mini yoga stretch routine that we now do every blinking morning. It's just like I 10 minutes. It. And, and I, honestly, it is, I'm not a sort of, you know, I, I recognize the wonderfulness of yoga, but I've never been able to get into a routine doing it. I just think it's, oh yes, it's lovely. I should do it. And then sort of do it once and then not for another month. So this actual, he's much more, routine orientated than me um and so he's made us do it every morning and yeah it it's it's a lot, it's a bit of stretch but not too much stress <laughs> I love it. and that's that, that is it and interestingly when you when you were talking about um confidence i was thinking of a book that i've actually got on audible called the happiness project by sean anchor do you know it
1: no i've read the happiness project by um someone else. Oh, <laughs> someone else who wrote you does the habits thing as well uh yes yeah, oh yeah you know, the I
0: habit know. charles oh. D- Dunhig, i think the habits of, uh, oh, no, but anyway funny. let's not get let's fancy with blinking no. the main point is this the the fact that the thing that some people get the wrong way round and it's the same with what you were just saying that, you know, oh, I will be happy if I am successful. Uh, research suggests you will be successful if you work on your happiness, yes.
1: and, and the same yes. with confidence. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there is a bit of theory around that as well, because um, there's something called eudaimonic well being, which was, I mean, it's ancient. So, Aristotle developed it and he basically said um, to be to be to live a good life will bring you well-being and happiness you know and it's our definition of what a good life is but we sometimes lose sight of that because we get sucked onto something called the hedonic treadmill which uh, two psychologists uh which i can't remember their names unfortunately uh the show notes um developed which is this thing about um we get peaks spikes of happiness so we might get a promotion we might land a new client and we get that immediate spike of happiness and uh so you know we get you know we feel good for maybe a month or so you know it doesn't last that long that kind of getting a pay rise um and so then we want to have another spike of happiness. So we might do something that, oh, I'm gonna apply for a new job, or I'm going to um, do something else that's gonna give me that immediate satisfaction. And the reason it's called the hedonic treadmill is you kind of get addicted to it because you then get, okay, I've got to keep developing this. I've got to keep going for promotions or I've got to keep pushing myself to be better to get that recognition, that acknowledgement from my boss or my clients, whatever it is, that I've done well. And, and it pushes us down a route that, that doesn't necessarily sit well with our values or that living a good life, because good life is a rounded life. So it's not just working, it's doing things outside of work, it's having connections with people who are important to us, it's stretching ourselves outside work, as well as in work. We need to get that fulfilment from work as well. Um, but, you know, I think if we can focus more on the eudaimonic being, and get off the hedonic treadmill then we're going to have that sense of happiness
0: well I, I could I, I have to bring this wrap this up on that because I absolutely love that and I yes I will put references for people to go and delve more into it in the show notes because um, I, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And in fact, in many ways, if I'd put one reason that made me not pursue the kind of acting career that I might have thought I wanted to was that I didn't want to get on the hedonic because I knew that I would be very prone to getting hooked on that. And, and you know, the high of getting that part, doing that little tour, whatever it is, high, 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 high. And then, and so you're seeking the next one. It's just, you know, so... I took more control more more I was more of an activist in and then became more sort of organized and realized also that there was my family around this as well and that there were other things that I also liked doing that were a bit geeky and a bit not quite actually obviously in this acting mold here and so so but but then I had to battle with as you say this sort of comparisonitis thing of oh well, that means I'm not really a proper successful kind of businessy person, am I? Because I'm doing this and that and the other. And so it's fascinating when you start to break these things down. And at the heart of it is everything that you help people with, which is this getting off these treadmills of thinking of default habits and definitions and you know, training their brain in these strengths. And, oh, love it, I love it, I love it. Let's wrap up by... Anything else that you want to say before I do, or just basically tell us again about that career challenge that you mentioned, when is it, and how do people generally link up with you? Okay,
1: yeah, so I think I just want to kind of finish off by saying, getting clear on your career success definition will be your guide then for making good, healthy career choices, so that will help you make sure you don't stick on the treadmill. Uh, so my career challenge, it's, it is about, it's called career success, so it's about helping you define your own career success and push yourself to focus on your career for five days. So it's a five day free challenge and we cover why you do what you do, what you want, uh, what's holding you back. Uh, how you get motivated to make the change and having a plan and when I did it in June people made so much progress in five days it's unbelievable some people went on to work with me one-to-one and in a group program and some people just got the benefit of that free challenge so it's happening in September 21st of September is when it's going to kick off so um, I'll put a link in I'll give you a link for the show notes so if you want to sign up for it now, they can do. Um, and yeah, and it'll really help them just really focus on their careers because we don't take enough time to really think about our careers. Anymore.
0: Yeah, excellent. Oh, what great resource. Um, and LinkedIn is your
1: kind of main connecting
0: place, isn't it?
1: Yeah, LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook. Yeah. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and I have a website. People can message me through my website. You're everywhere, and, and I will put everywhere.
0: all these links in the notes, and uh, oh, thank you so much. I, I think that's a lot of really things that can be spread out to, you know, whether you're, as you say, we before this conversation, we said, well, this is relevant to small business owners as well as people in employment, uh, because it's, it's all this real human stuff, and, and that's where things... Where things begin and end, okay, guys and girls. Thank you very much, Sarah. I, I We are both probably more or less stuck to our desks at this point because it is so hot. So let's go and have a nice, ice cold drink. And uh, obviously, not gnt at this time of the day because it is only like hot <laughs> past 11 uh, in the morning. So uh, just some nice water with ice and lemon. Open those windows and breathe and go and lean against the fridge. Um, okay. Have a, have a great rest of the day, Sarah. Bye for Thank now. you, Tricia. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. Get a little bit more activist. It's always good just to take some time out to think, am I waiting for something to happen? Or could I actually do something myself to make it happen or to invite that door to open in some way? Whether this is career or whether you're running your own business or whether it's in your life, I think it's just a good little nudge. Get more activist. lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode never be great
1: never